might go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host Mike, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Amateur All Tours. Now before we begin, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a rating and review of the show on whatever platform you listen on. Feedback is definitely much appreciated. So everyone, it's day four of Streak Week, and the episodes just keep on coming. Uh, but for this episode, I have another academic mafioso paper for you all. Now this paper was my second term paper for the course The Mafia and Beyond that I took in my undergrad that I described a few days ago. And as you all can tell by the title, this episode focuses solely on Martin Scorsese's classic film, Goodfellas. So this paper also does go into some spoilers of the film. Just want to let everyone know and listeners be warned if you haven't seen this classic film yet. But, you know, and also, like I said last time, this is an undergraduate paper that I wrote almost three years ago. So please, go easy on me. But with that, let's get into this paper. Kiss me and tell me you're mine evermore. In 1973, a small-time but ambitious Martin Scorsese tackled a project that would become his feature debut. Writing, directing, and editing the film, Mean Streets became an instant success with audiences and critics alike, being hailed as a true original and a triumph of personal filmmaking. Mean Streets has since gone down as a pivotal pioneer in, in the American gangster genre, as well as putting Martin Scorsese in the spotlight as a directing powerhouse. In the subsequent years, his repertoire has increased and each passing film becomes more famous than the last. From Raging Bull to The Last Temptation of Christ, Scorsese has been able to hone in on his craft and make great films. Despite this, Scorsese shied away from his gangster-driven roots and the stories that affected him personally while growing up in Little Italy, New York. He physically saw these wise guys that he immortalized in mean streets on a daily basis, as well as living a true Italian-American experience. But all this would change in 1990, when he would embrace what would become the pinnacle of Scorsese cinema, Goodfellas. The plot of Goodfellas is straightforward. The audience follows the rise and fall of a mafia associate, Henry Hill, a devoted soldier turned informant once arrested by the FBI on drug charges. The audience watches Hill's initial fascination with the American mafioso, his first contact and introduction to the business, inevitable spiral of involvement, and his eventual capture and subsequent trial. Despite the film having a narrative that fits any cliched biopic that is popular in Hollywood today, Scorsese is able to show a darker, grittier, and seedier side to the mafia that wasn't explored in such detail before, while also maintaining a sense of empathy for some of the characters involved. This juxtaposition of violence, empathy, and, and identification allow the audience to become more engrossed in the film and the events that are unfolding before them. Before delving into the craftsmanship of the filmmaking, Breaking apart how Goodfellas represents the Mafia is extremely important, because it accomplishes more than films that came earlier. Before Goodfellas was released, the face of the Mafia in cinema was arguably Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather Part 1 and 2. Coppola was able to take a fictional recreation of the Mafia and romanticize the leaders of the organization as men of honor who fought for a cause and symbol that predates them and their plights. The Godfather painted the Mafia as an organization of epic and in some mythical proportions, humanizing the members and their cause. Goodfellas was able to more accurately depict the American Mafia as how they were actually viewed by historians and the public alike, as murderous and violent men who had little understanding of ideals of honor and integrity. 
Goodfellas also covers an interesting point of time in the Mafia organization in the mid-1980s, and that this was a time when informants were becoming more and more frequent throughout the both Sicilian and American organizations. In 1984, Tommaso Brusetta was the first instance of a high-ranking member breaking his oath of Omerta and informing to law enforcement the workings of the organization. Soon, members from all around Sicily and the United States were following suit. Although The Godfather delves more into the indictment trials of high-ranking members of the Mafia, Goodfellas shows men turning to informing on purely personal motivations, rather than a sense of honor that was being portrayed and broken. It is with this authenticity that drives the thesis of greed and personal gain of Goodfellas into the critical light it has received. Understanding how Goodfellas portrays the American Mafia, one can now better appreciate the craftsmanship that went into making the film. This can be better analyzed when broken into three separate modes, the casting, the cinematography, and the editing. Focusing first on the actors and the actresses, the cast is phenomenal and gripping. An interesting note in Scorsese's style in his casting of older adults and actresses to portray real-life characters who were significantly younger in the time frame of the film. The biggest examples were the casting of Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci as Henry Hill and Tommy DeVito. Throughout the main story, the audience experiences two decades of both these characters' lives, experiencing little to no aging difference or shift in motivations. This lack of continuity is intriguing because it doesn't hinder the audience's ability to connect with the narrative. It's a compliment to Scorsese and his aptitude to cast people who can give the right performance that is needed to convey the appropriate atmosphere. With this discrepancy addressed, the rest of the cast is just as great as Leota and Pesci, with the likes of De Niro, Servino, and Bracco, and a superb supporting cast. The characters come alive as we witness their plights, joys, sadness, and eventual betrayals. They successfully break the proverbial cinematic wall that disconnects the viewer from the actions on screen by allowing the audience to believe that what they are watching are actual people, if only it is an illusion. With the cast described, the cinematography and editing complement each other extremely well. The cinematography of Goodfellas can be best described in the tracking shot of the Copacabana, where Henry subtly introduces his wife, Karen, to the superficial surface of his life. In this scene, the audience is immediately shown Henry Hill's life of privilege and power with his ease of walking through the kitchens of the club, his interactions with the members and workers, and his ease of securing a table upon walking into the club. The audience is also introduced to his status in the organization, with mafioso interactions towards Henry, with their friendly conversations and gestures. This is all told in a three-minute unbroken shot. Scorsese is able to both cue the viewer to the relationships in Henry's life, as well as set up the weight of his betrayal very early on in the film. It is a work of genius to convey all of this information in a short amount of time, and the editing of the film also ties into this point, because it is also groundbreaking if not brilliant. Throughout the film, there are cornerstones and trademarks of Scorsese everywhere. Throwbacks, as contemporary music selections, abusive and crude language, voiceover, rapid edits, and extreme, and extreme close-ups on central items throughout the film, i.e. money and guns. It is the use of these elements combined that gives the audience a real look into the lives of these men that chose to live that life. The rapid and energetic fluidity give the audience a brief taste of what the life of Henry Hill must have been like, hectic, glamorous, and high-octane. Almost 25 years later, Goodfellas is universally shared between critics and viewers alike as a genuine masterpiece of cinema, as well as mobster film. The sheer scope of the film, as well as its historical undertones and story, make it a classic magnum opus of Martin Scorsese. Mike Gallagher, November 2016, 95%. So that was my second paper, guys. And to close this episode with a recommendation, I don't think 
you all listening will be surprised to hear me say that this film is is one of those that should be on everyone's films you have to see before you die list. This film is classic Scorsese, classic mobster, and classic film. This film is truly exceptional, and I will give this an easy 9.5 out of 10. It's that good. It's near perfect of a film. But with that, guys, that concludes this episode of Amateur Autors. Thank you always for listening, and we'll see you next time.